The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm your host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster at NBC Chicago for 17 years. I am the baby boomer, and... I am Jason Canander. I am a student at University of Texas. I am a writer to go Joe through and a fan-sided, and uh, yeah. Wow, and Jason is at school. Jason's at school. Hi, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing really well. So talk about your first two or three weeks at, at UT Austin. How's it been going? Uh, it's been going really well. Um, you know, obviously adjusting to new city, new people uh, in college, but um, no complaints. It's been a great experience trying to do as much as I can within the realms of possibility uh, with COVID, but um, it's been great. Everything I could have imagined. What are the restrictions like? Tell us about what kind of restrictions they have for you. Uh, how about literally everything? <laughs> um, you always have to wear a mask when you're even in the hallway outside your dorm. Um, we no large gathering. Um, football game is going to be a lot different. Um, no in-person classes. Office hours aren't in person. I mean, literally anything that you can think of, really, except for except for the dining hall is. COVID. So they're having football. Tell me about that. Well, originally we had assumed that everybody with the big ticket, which gets you in any sporting event um, the whole school year, would be able to attend the game. They sent us an email late last night saying that anybody with the big ticket is allowed to go, but you need to get a COVID test between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Friday. Um, and then if they call you, you are positive. If they don't, you are negative. So it is going to be a very uh, suspenseful Friday night. And then once you are deemed allowed to go to the game, then you have to turn around and go wait in line at eight o'clock at ten o'clock in the morning on Saturday to get your ticket. Wow! Now you already so you already went to one game. Tell me about that one. And what was it like sitting in the stands? Paint the yeah. picture for so, us. Uh, let's see. Two of my, me and two of my buddies, we went to the uh, Texas State SMU game, which was an absolute blast. It was a good game. It was, it felt like pre-COVID. Um, it, you know, there were no like real protocols you had to go through, which take that for what you will. But from a fan standpoint, it was very refreshing. Um, you do not need to wear a mask in your seat. Uh, the student section did look a lot different. It wasn't, you know, students bunched up by the end zone. It was really just one side of the the one side of the uh, stands is all students. Um, and, yeah, it was like I don't have too much to say about it because it was just really a normal football game. Did You sent me a picture of it. Did they? It looked like they didn't have people sitting in every row. Um, for anyone that goes to church, I think a lot of churches are doing this where it's every other row, and then it's um, you can sit on the end, and then some people further down in the middle, and then some people further down on the yeah, other end. Was, was it like case, that? That was the case where we were sitting. Um, I believe that the other side of the field was season ticket holders, and it was not like that for them. That, that, is, that was just normal seating. 
Oh, wow. So what is the, what's the mood like on campus at UT when it comes to football? Is everybody, has, oh has there, gosh. has there been any, football right? It it's is a football, football school. school. You're right. You're right. If, if, a, if a ball is being thrown and whistles are being blown, people are going to be excited about it at the school. Fans in the seats, no fans in the seats. We're ranked in the top 15. We have a chance at a, at a Big 12 championship, a national championship. Everybody's excited. Everybody's excited about it. Obviously, it's, a little bit of a letdown that the stands aren't going to be completely packed and of course that not going to play LSU the Oklahoma game is not going to be normal but it's still going to be such an exciting year and you can feel it whenever you do have the chance to be on campus with no in-person classes really uh, you can kind of feel the buzz you can feel the excitement not just in the school too in the city the whole city embraces a football team it's, it's a college city and it's a football city so is there any any concern at all for the football players, the staff, the, the you know, the safety precautions? Is there any concern um, you, you've seen in the student newspaper or people are talking about? Um, about, like, what, player safety? Or yeah, safety? player safety and the safety, you know, coaches and personnel and, you know, the, the risk of COVID-19. Um, well... If the game wasn't going to be played, we would have known by now because the TCU-SMU game um, got canceled last week because TCU players tested positive. So um, I think that everybody just kind of trusts that the players will isolate. And, yeah, I no, people really aren't focused on that, to answer your question. People are just ready to see football again. The season is supposed to start two weeks ago, so it's about time. So the Big Ten originally announced that they would not be playing this season, and now the commissioner is rethinking a possible January start. Tell me what you think about, you know, there you are in football country, and here I am back in the Midwest where there is no college football right now. Well, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. But um, tell me what your your thoughts about the Big Ten. Um just complete disorganization, a complete disaster. I totally understand conferences and schools that are opting out of playing, but the way they went about that and then backtracking on their word, and then it's, it's terrible. I hate to go to Big Ten school right now. I, there, like, you can't really compare like the excitement going into a football season at a football school and the fact that some of my closest friends are going to be missing out on that sucks. It really does suck. And, and it's just kind of like death by a million paper cuts when the Big Ten goes out and says, oh, now we might play in October, now we might play in Thanksgiving. No, no, it's impossible at this point. And it's just been handled horribly by the athletic directors, by the Big Ten commissioner, by everybody involved. So um, I'm really happy to say that I do not go to a Big Ten school. So, you know, Jason, unlike with baseball, when there is going to be a World Series champion, there is going to be an NBA champion, um, there will be a Stanley Cup champion this year. How can they crown a college football champion this year? I believe that Dad O'Sweeney from Clemson said, like, it's just like any other year, you win the national championship, you're the national champion. There have been years where some of the top teams have not been have not been eligible to win. There was, I believe, 2012 Ohio State ran the table, went undefeated, but they had sanctions that year and could not compete in the postseason. So there have been years where some of the top teams have not been allowed, and there will always be the naysayers and always people saying, well, you know, if this team was able to play, things would have went differently. But um, And I'm sure my standpoint on this is a little bit different because I'm going to school that is still playing football. But 
a national championship is a national championship. If you have to get through Clemson, you have to get through Alabama, you have to get through Notre Dame, you have to get through LSU, Georgia, still some of the top schools in the country and some of the teams that would be right in the thick of it, regardless of whether or not the Big Ten or Pac-12 would be playing this year. Wow. Are you excited about the NFL playing? I'm really excited about the NFL to play. Yep. I know you took over the fantasy football team that you and I used to do for uh, dad and his TCU buddies, his college uh, fraternity buddies. Um, I did it for years and I'm happy to pass it on to you. And you oh, it's my best team in years. You think so? It's, it's my best team in years. I would like to add a little brag here. I've had Justin Tucker, the Ravens kicker on every single fantasy team of my life, dating back to fourth grade. So regardless of how many leagues I've done in a year, I've always had Justin Tucker as my kicker. So I think that this is the year where I'm finally going to cave and get a Justin Tucker jersey because he's a UC <laughs> alum and an Austin native. Oh, my God. Oh, well, my God. Um, speaking of kickers, the Bears don't really have one right now. Um, and once, again, once again, they're talking about the kicking, the kicking and the quarterback situation. And it's so it's so sickening because they just can't seem to a get it right. And B get lucky for either position. Yep. I completely agree with that, but it's just a small equation in, in a, in a large football team. And then it's, it's just one variable. I don't think it's really going to mean too much when you have a great kicker. It's a great plus, but when you have a kicker who is at the very least reliable from inside 40 yards, I'll take that. Well, we're going to we're going to talk to a expert on the Bears and um ESPN's Bears writer Jeff Dickerson is going to join us. But before we do that, Jason, cuz I know you have to get back to class soon. Um tell me your thoughts on what you think the Bears will do this year. What are your concerns and what are you excited about? Okay. Well, I believe it was CBS they did their panel where they had like their four experts predict the standings of every division. And everybody had the Bears finishing in last, which is great because this Bears team proves year in and year out. If you have high expectations for them, they will let you down. If you have low expectations for them, they will exceed those low expectations. So um, I think that they're going to be better than expected. Um, I think that uh, regardless of who's playing quarterback, I think that we'll see better quarterback play. Um, the only thing I'm really worried about is the receiving core, but somebody has to catch the ball. I think Allen Robinson's going to have a huge year. I think the thousands of tight ends on the roster are somehow going to carve out roles for themselves and be much more productive than Trey Burton was last year. And the defense is still a top five defense in the league. So if players can play at the level that they've shown that they can, and we find ourselves in a 2018 season type situation where a bunch of guys put together career years at the right time, this team can make the playoffs. The playoffs are expanded this year. The Bears will always find a way to beat Minnesota, will always find a way to beat Detroit, and Green Bay looks weaker than normal. So I always have high expectations for my team, but I think that the Bears are going to be much better than people expect. I think that their floor is 8-8, eight and eight, and their ceiling is 11-5. and five. Wow. All right. I'm going to let you get back to class while I call Jeff Dickerson and see what he thinks. Hey, Peg. Hey, JD. How are you? Peg, I, I am doing wonderful. I miss seeing you every day around uh, Hallis Hall, but we're not seeing anyone these days, Peg, around Hallis Hall because we have been kicked out for the rest of 2020. So it's 
it's a strange year covering this team, but we'll try to make do the best we can. Wait a second. So you weren't in the press room at all this year? No, it's been closed the whole year. So what we were able to get was about two weeks' worth of open practices, and then they canceled the last week. They closed it for us, um, to us. The week of uh, the week leading into the regular season, first week, like this week, uh, and now it's closed all year. So the only thing that reporters can see is ten minutes of stretching. Oh no! And then you have to leave the facility, and there's no access to players. There's no one-on-one. There's nothing. So oh. really, it is, it is a uh, it is a very unique year from a coverage standpoint because it's probably the least. Um, dialed in that anyone will be because you're just not there. You're not in the locker room. You're not talking to anyone except the players that they choose for you on these uh, Zoom calls they have most days. Oh, wow. Big Brother has taken over the NFL. My goodness. This is amazing. I thought it was bad when I was covering the team and you know, being in television, we couldn't shoot anything but offensive linemen stretching and talking about you know some two guys going at it for the right tackle job and not being able to show them uh, actually on the offensive line w- was hideous. So how... Wait a second. So how are you going to do games? Are are you guys allowed in the press box? Are you even going to be at the games? Or you could cover a game, I could cover a game from home, and nobody would know the difference. If you think that you and I used to drink a lot of wine back in the day, (laughs) uh, we'd be drinking even more wine together uh, this year. So um, we are not traveling for ESPN. Uh, Unless you have a super compelling reason why, or unless you're getting, like, extra access, like you can make an argument that okay, if the play, if the reporters that go on the road would get like a, um, I don't know, a private Zoom with players and coaches, or maybe you get in there like a like a White House style, you know, press briefing where you would be, you know, like ten yards away from Matt Nagy or whatever, then maybe they would justify sending you. But as far as we know, Bears are not going to do any of that for anybody, and probably most teams are not. So. Road games right now for us are a non-starter, um, especially a team like the Bears, which you know nationally, but face the tag, there's not a whole lot of interest. Um, the quarterback thing was big in Chicago, but nationally they kind of laugh a little bit. They're like, "Wow, Trubisky and Foles, really? That's what you guys are <laughs> hyping up?" I'm like, "This is all we got. What do you want? This is all we got." Um, now for home games, I believe we will be covering home games. Uh, I don't know how it will work. I don't know where we'll be covering them from. I don't know how many people are allowed. I, I don't know. I, we, they have not told us anything about what that's going to look like next week. We're just trying to get through this week, but I will not be on the road uh, with the team right now because ESPN is not allowing it. Oh, my Lord. This is unbelievable. I just can't even imagine. You can't even complain because everyone's being affected the same way. But look, you get to spend more time at home with e-learning and your son, Parker. You know, we do like to talk a little bit of parenting on this show since it is the sportscaster and her son. And since my son right now is uh, in class at UT Austin, is your son right now in e-class at the Dickerson home? He better be. I told him <laughs> I was coming down here to talk to you. I said, I need a little bit of a break. My dad actually came over and bought some lunch. They're the only lifeline I have right now. Is my parents will. Um, rotate days and come over and, and give him lunch because the Zoom calls for the Bears 
typically start at 11.30 every day, and that's when his lunch starts. So, I mean, hey, I give the school so much credit because they're doing their best. Yeah. And if, if you were to see his schedule and the way they have it all set up with the Zoom links, it's, it, they're, they're doing – and I love his school, and his teachers are amazing. Administrators are amazing. But, but here's what I got going on. <laughs> but. That's a big but. No, no, no. And it's nothing to do with the school. Yeah. Here's what he's been okay? So they have all of these five-minute breaks built in throughout the day. Every five-minute break, he wants to go outside and throw. Now, I'm working. I mean, at some point, something has to give. But then we go outside and we throw. And five-minute breaks become seven-minute breaks. And then seven-minute breaks become nine-minute breaks. And then nine minute breaks become eleven. I'm like, you gotta go back to school. Oh no, 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 no. Don't worry, don't worry, Dad. My teacher's super cool. She doesn't care if I'm a couple minutes late. I'm like, no, 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 no. I care if you're a couple minutes late. What Get grade? What grade? Get back in the house. And then yesterday, we go through all this, you know, nonsense. I'm like, enough. Like my arm, I'm gonna have to have Tommy John surgery. You know, we gotta stop this. Like, we gotta go back to school. I start walking the dog yesterday afternoon. It's like one o'clock. He's riding his bike towards me. I'm like, get off your bike. I used some foul language. Hope the neighbors weren't listening. A lot of old people in the neighborhood, so I don't think they really mind. But I'm like, get in the house. Right, what are you doing riding your bike? Oh, I had a break. He, and he makes up his break times, too. He comes to me. I'm scrolling downstairs. Like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm on break. I'm like, no, you're in math right now. I have the schedule in front of me. Get back up to your room. Oh, JD. Oh, oh, man. Like, I don't know what he's learning, but I mean, I know he's up there and I, I email the teachers all the time to see how it's going. I'm like, oh, it's great. He's participating. And, you know, <laughs> you know what he's doing gym, I hear like the weights like pounding on the floor upstairs. So, I mean, <laughs> he's doing his stuff, but, but man, he is trying to like every angle. And then I did catch him one. He had his Nintendo Switch. He was playing RBI baseball. And I, I was like a hawk. You should have seen how fast I, I grabbed that switch away from him. Like you're not, you're not, you know, online here for school and playing a video game on the side. How about these high school kids? Uh, There's no way that they're doing no. their work yeah. at home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jason could tell you that, that, that they half the time they checked in, they said hello, and then they put the video off and they were, you know, in front of, you know, just sitting there playing a video game while they listened to class. So, but wait, what, what grade is Parker in? He's in fourth grade. Oh, Lord. He's nine. Hang on, 39. So I, I hate the fence, but I mean, it's like, it is just, and then today, you know, oh, I'm done with school. I'm like, you're not done with school. It's September. <laughs> What did it say? September? No, you're not done with school. It's the second week of school. Oh, Get God. back into her and do your stuff. And then, uh, you know, he's got this sweet desk in his room. He's got this L-shaped desk. He's got, he put memorabilia on his desk peg. He's got, like, framed, you know, pictures. He's got baseballs, football sleeves. Uh, he's got these lights up on the wall. He's got these LED lights he put up on his wall. I mean, the kid's got like a bachelor pad up there. <laughs> like, what is the what possibly more could you need to make this like an okay, like acceptable yeah. telling you? I know. Okay. I know. The kids need to be back in in the classroom soon. Let's hope. All right, let's talk bears. Okay. Um, as if this is a better topic for you, <laughs> let's start with the one that nobody cares about except in Chicago, and that's the whole quarterback situation. All right. So 
they announced that Mitch Trubisky is the starter. But on the one hand, I look at it and say, well, it was his job to lose, wasn't it? It's not like they cut him when they brought in Nick Foles. But then they did give Nick Foles, what, $21 million. So I'm thinking, would they give him that kind of money if they weren't expecting him to start? Is this a... Well, he earned it because it's the lesser of two evils, but we fully expect Nick Foles to take over eventually. Well, where, what's, what's going on? Here's how I look at it. Have you ever known, in all the years you covered the Bears in that family, have you ever known the Bears to give someone $12 million cash to not have a chance to play or do anything? I mean, they've given exactly. a lot of lot, right? I mean, they've given a lot of bad contracts out. Don't get me wrong. They've spent money frivolously, really frivolously, but it's never with the, you know, well, I'm just going to pay him to just be around. So I think they legit, we're, we're going to see where this went. I, I do believe it was a competition. I don't believe either guy played great, though. So that's where my, you know, again, we are limited to the nine or ten practices that we saw. What what we saw were two quarterbacks that were just okay. I mean, Peg, we have seen horrible quarterbacks play before. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like the Glennons and the Hutchinsons <laughs> yeah. and all the things that we've seen over the years. It wasn't like that. But it wasn't great. I didn't see the, the greatness. No, Mitch, you know, in their mind, looked a little better. Yeah, he had improved his mechanics a little bit. The footwork got, you know, the pocket presence. Okay, that to me is believable. But the idea that um, they feel so confident in him going into the season, that's not believable. But, I mean, I think you give him the job, and you got to give him a couple of games to see what he's got. That, you know, and, and Peg, too, if you look at the schedule early on, it's rather favorable, isn't it? I mean, these are not terribly – you know, I guess you never know because right. everyone's going to be affected differently by the pandemic and right. shutdown in the preseason games. But, I mean, if you look at the schedule just on paper, you know, Lions in week one, home against the Giants, they were really bad for a while. At Atlanta, game they probably could maybe win. You know, then it gets tougher. You got the Colts, the Bucks, the Panthers. But those first three games, it's kind of set up for Trubisky to play okay. If he doesn't, though, I don't see how they couldn't make a move and go to Nick Foles. If he's really struggling and Foles is there, um, I think they would probably do that. But I, I don't think they'll pull them Sunday. I don't think they'll get pulled against the Giants. I think it would have to be about three or four games until they say, you know what, we gotta, we gotta do this because you can always go back to Mitch, but it would be harder to go back to Mitch because Peg, if you think he's not that great as a starter, how about him not having any reps in practice during the week going into a game, like right. him coming off the bench? Oh boy, I don't know about that. Right. Now Foles has made a living doing that, so I think he could probably do it better than Trubisky could. So I think it was. I think it was a competition. I I believe them when when they say Mitch looked a little better, but it wasn't a ton better, and not enough in my mind to say that. Oh yeah, there's there's no question. Barring an injury, he's going to be the guy the whole year. I don't feel that way. So general manager Ryan Pace made his. Um every six-month appearance uh, in the past week, um, talking to you guys on Zoom, and it's super optimistic. Everything was awesome. That's his favorite word is awesome. It was really awesome watching this guy. It's really awesome watching this guy. He said that everybody had a voice, everybody had an opinion uh, when it came to the Trubisky 
situation. And quite frankly, J.D., that's what bothers me. That's what scares me. Because last year, there were definitely way too many voices. That whole all-star lineup that they have in the front office and, and on the coaching staff, on the offensive side – it almost got to the point where you started wondering what the heck are all these guys doing? I don't know what their responsibilities are and what they're all doing. So yeah, they all had to say, they all had to say in the end, Matt Nagy goes with his gut. I actually liked that part of his statement that he went with his gut because now we know who you can point the finger at if it doesn't work. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, this was Nagy's decision, but in fairness, Nagy, this is what he inherited. I mean, if it was Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, I can't do that. I'm probably going to get fined uh, for bringing up those names here. But I mean, <laughs> he, you know, Matt Nagy wouldn't be in this situation. I mean, he'd be he'd be in the penthouse right now. I mean, it would be you know maybe winning a lot more games. It would, he would be feeling good. So he he chose this, but look at what he was forced to choose from. Now, I do think he's a Foles guy, though. I mean, Foles and Nagy go way back, and these coaches all go way back with Foles, which, again, is, is why I have a hard time believing that eventually it's not going to be Nick Foles' job. I think that what Nick Foles, what hurt him was not having the offseason program and not throwing these guys mm-hmm. and not beating these guys. And that's, that's an advantage that Mitch has, and that's not Mitch's fault. I mean, that's, that, you know, that's, that's just the, the, the hand that they were dealt. So Trubisky, he should have been out there throwing to Allen Robinson. He should have been doing these things because he was the incumbent, and, and that's that's great. And he made the most of it apparently. Um, but yeah, I think I think Nagy Nagy will get some blame, but ultimately, Peg, they're in this situation because of the guy they drafted, and more importantly, the two guys that they didn't draft. I mean, that's that's right. why. That, that to me. It's just a mistake that ultimately will be the undoing of everybody and one that you'll just never be able to overcome as a franchise for a long time. So Nagy and Foles go back. So does Ryan Pace and Jimmy Graham. Um, he brings in Jimmy Graham. Uh, it's not the same Jimmy Graham from 10 years ago, but um, last year, you know, NFL Network's Charlie Casserly told us on the podcast that he didn't blame Mitch Trubisky. He blames the organization for not putting enough guys around him, not enough good talent and not enough targets. Does he have the targets now this year? Uh Debatable. I think tight end is a lot better, though, Peg. I do. I, I mean, you know, if Jimmy Graham can stay healthy, he looks like he had something left. Again, showing that in training camp versus the regular season, it's all different. Sometimes it, it doesn't go that way. Um, he looked okay. And then, you know, uh, uh, Cole Komet is going to be a guy that's going to play the second round pick out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what grade they signed Demetrius Harris he's a pretty good veteran they got Allen Robinson you know the key for them will be you know Anthony Miller stepping up and having a big year what can they get out of Ted Ginn some of these younger receivers you know are they going to finally emerge uh, and then the running game with Montgomery you know fighting through a groin injury Tariq Cohn kind of having a down year last year as far as the numbers and the output went Cordero Patterson how do they use him so I, I think there are a little bit better weapons around him but the offensive line peg is still a concern. And then overall, I mean, is this team going to actually commit to running the football? It's something they didn't do last year. Right. Whenever you have a quarterback that's a little shaky and you throw a, a non-existent run game on top of that, and that's a recipe for disaster. 
Did Nagy ever explain why he fell away from the run game last year? No. I mean, he fired the offensive line coach. That was a pretty telling uh, yeah. thing. I mean, again, I, I'm not saying that Harry Eastgan was to blame for the way those guys blocked, but there was obviously some sort of philosophical disconnect between him and Mark Helfrich and Nagy as far as the run game goes. We bring in Juan Castillo, Bill Lazor. You know, those guys are going to have a lot of input over the design of the run game. So I think, you know, my feeling has always been that Nagy came here with that Andy Reid system, and he knew what he wanted to run, and he knew what he needed to get out of the quarterback spot to run it successfully. And then you don't get the play seed from quarterback. You're a young head coach, a first-time head coach, didn't really call plays much under Andy Reid, just a couple of games in Kansas City. And I just think he kind of panicked. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think he had the experience to, to pull himself out of it. Now, hopefully, entering year three with, with more, I, I guess, I don't want to say support because I'm sure those other coaches work just as hard, but guys maybe uh, you, uh, have a little more history with. Now the hope is that you know you don't go down that road again where you abandon the run game. That, that's, that's the hope. They've talked a lot about running the ball this year, all offseason. And now let's see if it actually materializes on game day. Well, let's hope that he put all the, the playbook pages on his wall from last year and leaves them there and doesn't bring them back because last year might have been, and I get it that Trubisky was struggling. And if, you know, as you say, um, Harry Heastan's offensive line was also having some issues, then things weren't working everywhere. But man, he just abandoned everything from the first year going, you know, coach of the year type of season where we saw everything to last year just it was it, it was horrible so I, I hope so but he's gonna have the defense that is going to help him are you one of those that believes that the Bears defense is top five in the league they have Akeem Hicks back um, they have everyone back healthy which looks good and they have Robert Quinn as well so uh, yeah. are they top five I think they're probably in that range. Uh, Robert Quinn's got an ankle problem now. That oh, great. Mysteriously has popped up when you're not in the building. Yeah. Very hard. They can hide these things. And the report came out yesterday that he did not practice on, on Wednesday. And, and we'll see moving forward. No, I, I think defense. I mean, Peg, I think defensively they're just they're too talented. There's a lot of good players. You mentioned Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack. You know, Dan Trevathan's a nice player. Ropon Smith is talented. Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller. Uh, Deshaun Gibson, I think, is going to be a pretty good second safety back there. We'll see if the rookie, Jalen Johnson, how he does at, at the corner spot opposite Kyle Fuller. They're counting on him. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I I think even if you know, Quinn, now they spent a lot of money on him, $30 million guaranteed, so they definitely want to see a return on their investment. If he gives them, let's say, 75% of the season he had for Dallas last year, that's a pretty big upgrade over Leonard Floyd, I think. And, yeah. And that's a win for the Bears. So, yeah, I, listen, do I think the Bears are going to make the playoffs? Right now, in my heart of hearts, I would say no. But it won't be because of the defense. I think defensively, if, if they had a really good offense, um, the Bears would be uh, a real tough team to beat in the NFC. But I just don't think offensively they're where they need to be. Well, and Eddie Goldman, losing him is, it, I mean, inside, he can take up double teams at times. And when he and Akeem Hicks together, I just think that losing Eddie Goldman, um, you know, 
choosing to sit out with COVID could really, really hurt this team a lot. But um, I know I know you're stuck on time here, so I want to just ask you one last thing, and that is we didn't really talk about how COVID is going to affect this team. Um, Eddie Goldman opted out for the season. Does it come down to the teams that have the most depth in case there are any not only injuries but guys that do test positive throughout the season? Is this a season where depth is going to be key? I think luck too, Peg. Luck. Yeah, I think you got to be deep. It's got to be lucky. That's it. I mean, I mean, I think any year you are successful in the NFL, unless you're a team like the Patriots, who's like a well-oiled machine, maybe the Chiefs are becoming that now. There's a certain element of luck. You know it. I mean, there are some years where the ball bounces your way, guys don't get hurt, favorable schedule, maybe a schedule that looked hard back in April. You know, you get to the regular season, the teams aren't playing the way that, you know, people projected that they would play. Um, that, you, you need you need good luck. And, and really, so far, I think the NFL has done a really good job. Uh, I just, I worry that, you know, can they sustain it? You know, can they, can they continue to keep these teams healthy? Can they continue to avoid these outbreaks? Um, so far, so good. And, and I know they're working hard to do it. Um, but I think it's just very unpredictable and very fluid. So, yeah, I, I just think it's, Peg, it just has to be your year. You know that feeling. When it's your year, it's your year. Right. Uh, and things go your way. And I think that that is going to be more important this year more than ever. And if not, then they just got don't, – don't finish mediocre again. You just you just can't finish in the middle because that, that doesn't do anyone good. I don't even want to bring up the kicker situation because I can't believe we're actually talking about kicking again two seasons in a row. J.D., thank you as always for your time. It's so good catching up with you. Uh, glass bottle two three or four of wine is uh, way overdue between us for sure. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, is your daughter old enough to date it yet? That's <gasps> <the> question. <laughs> uh, I might just drop them off on your front door. If the doorbell rings and you see me speeding away, I- I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> put them out in the golf course, let them run around at night and then, and then he'll eventually come back in. But, uh, it's always great catching up with you and, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. When my stress level is, uh, a little lower, but I, I want to talk to you before, you know, uh, 2030. So I think we'll, we'll probably still be stressed out next time we talk. You got it. That's Jeff Dickerson, ESPN Bears writer. Catch him on Twitter at Dickerson at ESPN. JD, be good and stay healthy. Okay. Okay. Peg, great talking to you. Thanks buddy. Well, that's what Jeff Dickerson thinks about this Bears team. Let's hear Jason's predictions on this coming year. Let's bring Jason back in from the campus of UT Austin. Jason, you have okay, predictions. I'm actually off campus. I'm staying, my housing is not technically off okay. campus. Just a little correction there. Oh, We're staying at Coronavirus Callaway House. Okay. At least about eighty percent of the people in the storm have COVID. Oh, fantastic. That does not make a mother feel good at all. Um, no, it, it certainly doesn't make me feel good when I go down to the dining hall with two of my roommates, and we're the only people down there at noon. And what does that tell you, that people are getting food sent to their that room? people are quarantining. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So I predict yeah. that Jason will get COVID. <laughs> you, whoa. Well, whoa. That's actually not funny because, I'm getting tested tomorrow, and if I do get COVID, I will miss out on my first ever college football game. No. And you will have to deal with me being absolutely miserable. I'm not saying that. 
I'm not saying that disrespectfully to to people who um, have, um, you know, gotten ill with COVID. I'm not saying it. <laughs> you walk yourself right. No, 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 no. I'm exactly. saying it because you just said 80% of your dorm already has it. So, and we're in the it, prediction it segment. Ballpark number. It was a ballpark number. All right. Give me your predictions. All right. So my first prediction is that um, on Saturday, I know you always say don't use dates because you don't know when the episode's going to be posted, but I'm going to do it anyway. Saturday, I think that Texas is going to absolutely demolish New Tech. They're 42.5-point favorites, and I think that they win by 55. So uh, there's my first prediction. Um, my second prediction, the NBA playoffs have been awesome. They've been awesome. The two best words in sports are Game 7. There's a Game 7 tomorrow night between the Raptors and the Celtics. I think that the Raptors win that. That would set up the conference finals as the Heat and Raptors, Lakers and Clippers. I think that we see a wait for it, a Heat Lakers finals, Lakers and six. Wow. And then my third prediction is that all the week one NFL games will be played, but in week two, at the very least, two games will be canceled because of the coronavirus. Yike! I don't like to hear that. Oh, I don't like that at all. Oh, oh, wait. I have a bonus prediction. Um, ever since I left home, this is really funny. Ever since I left home, the White Sox have gotten unbelievably hot. <laughs> so I'm going to predict right now that they win the American League Central. And I keep reminding myself, you know, anytime like I'm a little annoyed with schoolwork or like I'm, you know, maybe like find myself in soccer when I got to figure out what to do. I just think my team's going to be in the playoffs for the first time since I was in first grade and I will be watching a White Sox playoff game for the first time in my life and that is pretty damn exciting. So prediction number four bonus prediction, White Sox in the American League Central. They're one game up right now. That's gonna hold. There are my predictions. I love it. Jason, I'm going to let you go because I know you're busy with class and everything. It was great to hear your voice. It was great to catch up with you. Um thanks yep. for, for calling in and uh we'll we'll touch base, okay hun? All right. Love you mom. Thank you. Love you too. Bye honey. Okay. My final thoughts. This is not about COVID, but it is about another serious health issue that can affect our kids. Concussions. I've done my share of stories about CTE and concussions. I have won multiple awards in telling the stories of others who have suffered from either concussions or CTE. I am fairly informed, and yet I almost missed my own daughter's concussion a month ago. While I was quarantining for two weeks in New York with my other son before he reported to college, my 12-year-old daughter told me that she fell on her head while attempting a back handspring on the balance beam in gymnastics. She laughed about it at the time, saying that it was pretty bad. Oh, it was bad, Mom. You should have saw it. But I could tell it must have been something She said that the young college coach told her to get back up and do it again. Now, the coach wasn't watching. She was looking the other way, so she didn't see my daughter fall. And she was just being a tough coach, you know, get back up. The only way to get over a fall is to try it again. Well, I think what she should have said was, did you hit your head? And she didn't. And instead of sending her to go sit off to the side... My daughter tried to continue gymnastics on a balance beam after hitting her head. She kept her in the game, worked through it, never once checked for any possible concussion. 
So later that night, my 12-year-old got nauseous and complained of a severe headache. I was not home, mind you. I was in upstate New York quarantining, and I told her, take an aspirin, lay off the screens on her devices. Now, I didn't know it was a concussion at the time. I just thought she wasn't feeling good that night. I didn't put two and two together until a couple of days later when she was sent home from school complaining of a headache and told that she needed a COVID test to return to in-person learning because a headache is a symptom of COVID. At that point, it dawned on me, it's a concussion. It is not COVID, it's a concussion. I tried to talk the school into it, but I totally agree that protocol is protocol, and I would not have been happy if another parent had sent their kid to school trying to convince someone that they didn't have COVID, although they may have had a symptom. So two days later, a week after her fall, the symptoms did get worse. Nausea while bending over to wash her face. Bad headaches all day long. Three, four aspirin a day was not helping. Dizzy all the time. Sensitive to light. The pediatrician agreed that it was a concussion, did some cognitive tests. So here's my point to you parents. I then took her to Midwest Orthopedics and my friend, Dr. Kathy Weber. She's the team doctor for the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Bulls, um, among many other professional sports teams and dance troops as well. And they are out of Rush University in Chicago. They have a very, very good concussion program. So after two visits with Dr. Weber, we are now heading to see a neurologist because my daughter, three and a half weeks later, is still suffering symptoms, still out of school because she cannot use the computer. She cannot get through the day without severe concussion headaches and her dizziness is still there. Symptoms do not always show up right away, like in a football game when they ask, where are you, who's the president, what year is it? Symptoms can show up a day or two later. So remember parents and remember coaches and remember athletes, go to the sideline. Do not go back in the game. Play it safe. We all know by now the long-term effects of concussions if they are left untreated or unable to heal completely. The second and the third ones can come on even faster and can be more severe. Just ask some football players, they can be career ending. Sit the athlete, let them heal. The game is not that important, but your child is. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. Please check us out on Apple, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Radio.com, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever you listen. Thank you to Jeff Dickerson, my buddy, the Bears writer for ESPN. You can check him out on Twitter at Dickerson at ESPN. And a reminder, if you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash sportscaster and follow the simple instructions. We need some reviews so we can move up on that search engine. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Yes, we have a YouTube channel if you check out Peggy Kaczynski and on Pinterest as well. And you can always check out our website, thesportscasterandherson.com. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Stay healthy. Goodbye.
The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world.